This is BTS with CTV Behind the Scenes, Behind the Stories we bring you from the CTV Vancouver Newsroom. My name is Penny Daflos and I'll be your guide behind the curtain to the excitement and mayhem faced by field crews on municipal election night. From the ebullient triumphs... And the crowd here is going wild. ...to the soul-crushing disappointments... The results were not what we had hoped for. Our reporters are in the middle of the action. A very large crowd here at the headquarters of Surrey First. We're expecting Mike any second now. They don't believe it yet. They want every single vote counted. You heard about the newsroom side of the action in part one of this election special pod. This is election 2018 with me, John Lee, and Scott Roberts. Now we dive into the human drama of civic elections, often overlooked, but consistently fascinating and even emotional. It it feels overwhelming. Um, I really feel uh, humbled by the citizens of Burnaby who have elected me tonight. We're going to start with managing editor Ethan Faber because we rely so heavily on the field crews for an election special. And in fact, one of our mantras at CTV is the stories in the field. Explain for listeners what we mean by that and why it's so important. Well, I think just watching election shows, if you've watched them as a viewer, I think hopefully people agree that the shows come to life when you get out of the newsroom and away from the number crunching for a while and into the heart of what are the voters and what are the organizers feeling? How are these results being experienced? And so we like to go to the watch parties for the different groups. We like to go to watch parties sometimes just for voters. You know, you, you gather some students or you gather people together who f- feel really engaged. And then you get their visceral reaction to the results that you're telling them on your special. It brings the show alive. And if you've ever watched an election special, and you see this a lot with the U.S. networks during American elections, they don't go to the field very often. It's difficult, I think, to sustain the audience. And to sustain, to sustain interest in the broadcast when you never leave the studio, when it's just the pundit sitting at a desk and it's just the number crunchers going over results, yes, that's essential to a successful election broadcast. But if you never leave that studio and if you never get out into the field to see the reaction on people's faces, then you're losing the whole point of this election, which is it's a human drama. And there's people with a lot at stake here and there's winners and there are losers and that is what's so powerful and so poignant when you do a successful election show. Not to mention I think that most people taking in an election they're at home Maybe they're watching with their partner or a couple of other people. And so they tend to forget how many people get really emotional and enthusiastic about elections. And so it is the human drama. But I also feel like when you see us out in the field and you see the party and everything going on, I feel like as a viewer, you get a little bit more sense of how excited some people get. Even though you're at home watching by yourself, it just makes you feel like you're more part of the community when you see a little bit of that reaction. What's the first shot that they go to when someone scores a goal in a great hockey game it's the crowd i mean you can even set your your television for sports settings right and you can turn the audio on your television into the sports mode what does that do it amplifies the crowd noise and that brings you into the game well that analogy applies to a political show and an election show it's all about who's watching it's all about the crowd screaming and cheering or crying and so that's why we want to cut away to those it's a reaction shot you know sometimes the most powerful image of a fire is the 
image of the people across the street watching the building burn. Well, that analogy works for elections, too. It's the reaction to what's happening that's sometimes the most important part of the story. And a lot of times, a lot of times, TV stations and and other news organizations, they forget that the reaction to what you're reporting is equally or even more important than what it is that you're reporting, especially in an era where often election results are being received simultaneously. So everyone at at some point has the same results. So what differentiates your coverage? How are you uh, reporting on the reaction to those results? So you have to get to the field and you have to talk to the real people in order to make that come alive. Shannon Patterson joins me now. And Shannon, you had a bit of a, you were what we call a floater, which kind of sounds weird to outside people, but explain basically what your uh, assignment started out as on election night and then what it turned into. Well, the first stop during the actual election night was Shauna Sylvester. Uh, Shauna was running third in Vancouver. There was not a lot of belief that she was going to win, but they wanted to have somebody at her campaign, just in case, you never know, with a dark horse. But I was told from the beginning to be prepared to roam, which means if numbers were coming in that showed Shauna wasn't going to be competitive, then I had to be ready to move, and that's what happened. And that's actually a really tough assignment to have because you never know where you're going to end up. You can't really do the research because you could have been on the North Shore. You could have been in Richmond, in Delta. You could have been just about anywhere. It does make it very challenging to prepare. Penny, as you know, you want to be prepared. When you're going to be interviewing a candidate on live television, you want to make sure you know a little something about them. So it was very difficult. Obviously, I did my research about Shauna, but I didn't know where I was going to go from there. So ultimately... I ended up speaking to Shauna and interviewing Shauna on our live election show. And then I spoke to uh, Peter Ladner, former NPA candidate who started to back uh, Shauna in her campaign. And then I was told to move. And uh, originally I was going to go to Burnaby to try to find Derek Corrigan because I know you were at the campaign headquarters of the eventual winner in Burnaby. But then they decided to relocate me to the Green Party headquarters. And I think it was a good decision because as it turns out, the Green Party is very influential in this council. And, and I was able to get some good interviews at a campaign that felt like a winner that night. Well, and that's why it's actually really hard to plan these election shows because you never know where people are going to end up. So to have somebody like yourself who is versatile, who isn't scared to just go up and introduce themselves to someone and get them live on TV, I mean, that takes a special skill set. And I don't think, I mean, we've got great reporters on our team, but I don't think everybody could have done that the way that you did and still been engaging and interesting at the same time. Yeah, it. Uh, I tell you, my brain hurt a little bit at the end of the night, <laughs> but uh, a good example would be after I interviewed Adrian Carr, who most people know, and I know, and I've met Adrian many times, I was looking for another interview at the Green Party headquarters, and Pete Fry was the second biggest council vote getter. I, I knew his name. I did not know his face. <laughs> so I will admit I had to ask around, and then they pointed him out, and I pulled him over to our live location. And I realized I knew very little about Pete Fry. And then I was told in my ear I was up in 30 seconds. And so I turned to Pete and I said, in about 20 seconds, tell me about yourself. And literally... I had to spit out what he told me and made it sound like I knew Pete and I knew his story and I knew sort of how he got to where he was. And so, yes, it was a a little nerve wracking to be able to absorb information and then broadcast it that quickly. But that's what you have to do on nights like that. And, uh, you know, thankfully, that room was such an exciting room to be in. It really felt like the party location of the night, whereas the mayoral race at that point was still on pins and needles. The Green Party knew they'd won. And so uh, I've been in winning election rooms before. uh, And it is kind of a cool feeling to be amongst a room full of people who 
feel like they've won, people who've never served in politics before and who, who won a seat for the first time. And so it was, a, it was a good place to end up. I was glad I ended up there. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a long night for a lot of us. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where we typically, and the producers have talked about this already, uh, but you start with the beginning of the show structured. We know exactly where we're going to be, where we're going to be going. But as we are pitching the producers, we never know how many times they're going to pick us up. Uh, I was really lucky. We had the pipe and drum band. We were there for Mike Hurley, the firefighters pipe and drum band. So it made a really colorful, really great background. And even had he lost just that performance and that color and that enthusiasm, I think we still would have gotten on the air a couple of times just because it was interesting. Thankfully, he won. So it was a nice atmosphere. But you never really know what's going to be happening. And sometimes, like you say, there it's not like there was a green mayor. But the fact that it changed the tenor of, of council still made it a really interesting aspect of election night that we couldn't have foreseen going into it. That's right. And I, you know... Uh, as a reporter and all of us in this room know that we want to be on the air <laughs> on election night. You know, we prepare hard and these are, they call it the news Olympics. It's like the, it's, it's a big moment for us. And so you're right. We're always pitching and we're saying, okay, we've got somebody here who's ready to do an interview and you're trying to give them ways that they will come to you. And so I was glad I was sent to a room where there was a couple of different things going on. And uh, then I pitched well, we have to get Adrienne Carr's reaction to the fact Kennedy Stewart has been uh, declared mayor. And I was able to pull her back in for a second interview. And uh, so I was uh, I, I was happy with uh, how my night went and that I didn't make a fool of myself. I managed to do interviews with people that I didn't know very well. But uh, that is a skill we have to get as reporters is, as you know, is the ability to absorb information quickly and to, uh, to get it to air quickly. And it was an exciting night. And uh, I was glad I was a part of it. Well, and it's not just a matter of wanting to get on the air because you do put in all this effort and you do want to be part of this big thing. But I mean, considering that we kept extending the length of the show, they needed us to provide them with stuff. So I was like, okay, I need to get the head of the pipe and drum band because he was in the full regalia and the kilts and everything else. So it would have made for interesting television, but they also need us as we're waiting to be able to call these results. They need the rest of us to try to give them enough material to keep us on the air. So it kind of goes both ways. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think the night was ever going to end. And I'm sure you felt the same way. It was a long night. Yeah. Uh, but no, no it's, it, that's right. As they were waiting, to, I think, you know, it, it went way later than any of us thought before uh, the mayor's race was called. And then even after, I'll have to say, in our newsroom, after we called it, there were some nervous moments when Ken Sims started to catch up in the, the numbers. It was, I think there was a few, a little bit of hand-wringing going on. And during that time, I think they needed to keep the show moving and keep the show moving with some color and some excitement. And I think you were able to bring that and I was able to bring that as they kind of waited for those final mayoral numbers to come in. And as you know, we didn't even end up getting statements from Kennedy Stewart or Ken Sim that night because it went so long. So if you think you're going to fill your election show with a 20 minute speech from your mayor of Vancouver, that didn't happen that night because we couldn't get to air with it because it went too long into the night. And so uh, I think it was important that lots of people were flexible and we were able to, you know, tap dance a little bit and find people who were interesting to talk to. And uh, I, yeah, it, it was a good night overall. I, I think it worked well for CTV and uh, I, I was happy and I think you were happy too. 
Oh, absolutely. And because it just goes to show that, like we talked about already, that the CTV mantra of the stories in the field, it just goes to, that is exactly the type of night that shows where the people are, where the passion is, the enthusiasm, even the tears. You know, you get all, you run the gamut of emotion and you don't get that in the studio. I mean, there's a lot of excitement and, you know, attention to the results and all that kind of thing. But the people who've been vested in this for weeks or months, there's just something special about that. There's a few neat moments that I had. Um, So at both places where I went, thankfully they had CTV on their big televisions, but they were actually streaming it from our CTV stream, which was probably about 20 seconds behind. And so when I got up, um, Shauna Sylvester, first to do an interview, uh, I'm speaking to her in the room, but the big TV didn't show us right away. About 20 seconds into her interview, the room erupted because they just noticed that Shauna's on TV. It sounded like she'd won the election. Oh. And so I had to explain, no, <laughs> calm down. The reason the room is exploding is because they've just seen Shauna. And the same thing happened at, uh, at the Green Party headquarters. And so it's always good to have uh, that is something that we always are happy to see when they're watching our coverage. And that night, everywhere I went, they were watching our coverage. But uh, it, those little moments of uh, they started chanting Pete Fry's name. And he just stopped and listened to it for a moment. And I said, can you believe they're chanting your name? This guy's never been in politics before. He tried and failed twice to become a city councillor. And I think he just soaked it up and it was a neat moment, you know. They're, they're chanting his name. And I got to say, uh, for Mike Hurley, who I was covering in, in Burnaby as well, uh, as he was uh, preparing to walk in the room to give his victory speech and stuff, he's, you know, his closest supporters, his campaign manager, they were there congratulating him. He had tears in his eyes. He was super emotional. And what I love so much about this election is there were so many people who, like you say, had never held political office before. It was their first time. So they weren't as guarded. It wasn't this, um, I, I don't want to say putting on appearances, but people get very guarded. They, it's a self-preservation thing. They don't want to put too much of themselves out there. And I really love that this time, I feel like we really got a, a sense of the people running for office and why they do it and what it means to them on a night like that because you don't often see that a lot of times it's incumbents incumbents and it's kind of a foregone conclusion but this time i just loved the authenticity of it it really is emotional i mean when you have all these people working for you you don't want to let them down so that was always my big concern that i would do something to let this crowd of people down who have worked so hard for me so it's really gratifying to come out here and know that we we give it our heart and soul every day to this campaign and we come out the winners and uh, that's uh, that's a great achievement I think from where we were two months ago. Well they couldn't be more proud thank you so much for your time and again congratulations. Thank you very much I really appreciate it. Let's face it municipal politics can be a little dry. (laughs) Not this time but this was an amazing night and there were some amazing moments and so it was it was cool to see people who were that excited to be part of public office because it is a bit of a thankless job especially at the municipal level these people aren't celebrities they're not big name politicians a lot of them um, they spend their own money sometimes to put their own signs out on people's lawns and they want to be part of this public process that most people to be honest wouldn't do uh, because it's not who they are and they they don't think it's engaging or important enough and these people think it's important enough to put their lives on hold for weeks at a time to campaign for a job that a lot of us wouldn't want and to see tears in their eyes that night and to see the excitement and to see them chanting the name of this guy who just wanted to be a city councillor so badly uh, it was neat to see uh, I, it was it was a good night it, I walked away you know I didn't have skin in the game uh, I don't live in Vancouver but it, I walked away kind of feeling good that, you know, that there's some people who are excited to serve. And I think the fact that a lot of them are new politicians is probably good for democracy. 
Let's go to Nafisa Karim now, who is in Surrey, watching the campaigns out there. Nafisa? A very large crowd here at the headquarters of Surrey First. Leader Tom Gill is upstairs watching and waiting just like everyone else. I was covering Tom Gill and Surrey First on election night, and we got to the location around 5 p.m. It was at the Central City Brew Pub. It's a really narrow L-shaped space, and there was a lot of energy at first because there were no results coming out of Surrey, and they didn't come in for at least an hour after the polls closed, so people were pretty hopeful. Uh, But once the number started coming in and the group, I guess they realized they were going to lose. So it got really, really quiet. And at that point, I knew my job was going to wrap up quickly. So we ended up doing some live hits then about how the atmosphere had turned, uh, that it had gotten really quiet, that the hope had kind of just been sucked out of there. And by then, I kind of knew my job was going to be a little easier. So we needed to make sure that we got Tom Gill's concession speech. And how that works is... We're on the conference call so we can give producers a heads up. Hey, we're expecting Tom Gill to make a concession speech. We're just not sure when he's coming down. So at that point, I had a field producer. I was lucky that night. Uh, And so she sort of was in contact with the the campaign manager to find out when was Tom Gill going to come down and make his concession speech. And eventually, they gave us a five-minute heads up. So we're able to give producers a heads up. And when Tom Gill walked in, in, uh, they were able to take that all live because they knew it was going to happen. So they took that speech live on the broadcast. You know, thank you for being here tonight. You know what? I do love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. And then once that was done, they really didn't need anything out of us again, live wise during the special. But what we did end up doing was we made sure that we got an interview with Tom on tape, as well as an interview with the only Surrey first councillor to get elected. And they ended up using that in our coverage of the election's results next day. Now, in terms of how we actually covered this, it was such a cramped space. I needed to be standing on a box so that I was separated from the crowd by at least a foot in terms of height. And then it was also really loud because it was a small space. So I had to wear over the ear headphones because it was just too loud in there for the standard earpiece. I had to use hand signals to communicate with my camera operator because I was fairly far away from him and standing on a box, and he was wearing headphones as well, so we had to use hand signals because we couldn't hear each other. Now, uh, all of the cameras were set up where the podium was, and there were about half a dozen TV cameras, and four had reporters. There just wasn't enough room for all of us, so we kind of had to figure out, we talked to each other beforehand, when were our live it's going to be so then we wouldn't be in each other's shots and some of us even took turns standing on because there were only two boxes there so we joked around about it later and we called it media collusion but we all played nice and the place cleared out relatively early compared to what we saw in Vancouver for sure so I was basically home by 1230. Ken Sim is at the back uh, with all the other candidates chewing their nails as you can imagine Sinjin Alexander joins me now. Sinjin, you had a really great assignment because in the race for Vancouver's mayor, we really didn't know if Kennedy Stewart was going to win, if Ken Sim was going to win. You know, Shannon had a really exciting time with Shauna Sylvester. So you had one of the most exciting races of the night. About three quarters of the way through the night, they hated me at NPA. They absolutely <laughs> hated me because we declared that Ken Sim lost. And they didn't see it because... The results came in and they were glued strictly to the Vancouver 
what do you call it, the City Hall website, because they were watching the numbers only Ken Sim. And we were showing all the results from all over the uh, province. I had to turn to them and say, um, hi, uh, just so <laughs> you know, uh, we've declared that your candidate has lost, that Kenson lost. And they went, please, no, no chance. Ken Sim was behind by 1,000 votes, and then all of a sudden, it got really close. 300 votes. And apparently the bosses here were on tiptoes concerned too. But we have this system at CTV, which apparently I'm told has never been wrong. And people can listen to the first part of the podcast where John Woodward and Ethan Faber go into a lot of detail about how they figure out those results and then how the call is made, gets made, which is a real nail biter. But for you out in the field, when you're faced with a room full of people in denial, I can't even imagine what that was like. You're not very popular. <laughs> Well, here is the quote when we broke the news to them. Ah, come on. They don't believe it yet. They want every single vote counted. This has been a seesaw night, of course, back and forth. They were behind. They were winning, although at the beginning of the night, they did not think they were going to win. Those nights are crazy. I had this intern. His name was Austin. And he was probably the tallest intern on earth. (laughs) And thankfully, because you were in this room full of people... At any moment, they want you back on television to give an update. And it's one of those seesaw nights. It was really intense for the first part, then quiet, and then it got close. So they want you back. What's the update? What's the update? So I said to Austin, here are the key players. Watch them. And so he was like a little air traffic controller way up, and he could watch them, and he was so good. And as said, when they want such and such, you have to go and grab such and such and bring them back. And this is a tough task, actually, especially for an intern, because sometimes we have field producers, sometimes we don't, depending on our budgets. And everybody, all the media are there, all the stations, all the TV stations, all the radio stations, they want the same interviews. So you're in there trying to convince somebody to talk to you instead of the competition, and you have to be nice but very persistent. Like, it's a, it's a delicate dance. It's a delicate dance, and, you, and they want to go and have a drink, and they want to go and talk to people, and I don't want to stand around you forever. I remember this one... Uh, candidate in Delta we won't mention any names but she had to wait and she was not happy this is a past election we should stress yes Yes, past election saying to me Sinjin I don't want to wait come on CTV why are you waiting and in the meantime my producer is saying hold her don't let her go we're coming we're coming I promise you we're coming okay fine and then it gets put off again you have to tell that person has been put off again she was really angry we kept her there for 25 minutes Oh God. And I felt bad enough keeping Mike Hurley on standby because we were going to do a live interview with this massive upset uh, mayor in Burnaby, unseated Derek Corgan, who'd been mayor for a decade and a half. And Doug McCallum starts giving his speech and the speech went on and the speech went on because clearly it was a huge uh, victory for him as well. But very patient Mike Hurley in Burnaby. <laughs> that was my first impression of the new mayor there. I literally had him there for 10, 15 minutes just waiting on standby uh, to do a live interview with us. And thank God for his patience. But he was a new politician, wasn't he? And so yes. he was great with you. Very. Hadn't been trained yet on how to speak to the media and was actually probably quite open and honest and candid. He really was. And it was and he was just very kind to wait there because of course everyone's coming up for a selfie and everybody's very impatient to get him out to celebrate and stuff. So it's just really nice on a night like that when there's so much going on when people can be so generous with their time. Yeah. And I remember Scott Hurst. Thankfully, uh, he came along and helped at the end because I had to be 
uh, on standby to go on camera. And Ken Sim was making his speech. And Scotty, God bless him, just grabs Ken Sim as he comes off the stage and says, are you conceding? Because we weren't really sure. If you remember Ken's speech, he didn't really concede. So it's that intense move, fast pace. You never know what's going to happen next. But that's what makes it so exciting, I think. And this is the thing with nights like that. We never know when we're going to be on. And, I mean, Scott Hurst, he was uh, covering the uh, vision implosion that night. And so when the race was that close uh, between uh, Ken Sim and Kennedy Stewart, of course he got pulled over to uh, to give you some backup. That doesn't happen all the time either. We all have to be so agile and flexible on a night like that. Because we don't know what's going to happen. And I remember at the beginning, I talked to Ken Sim's people and I said, are you going to win? And they said, we don't have it. We do not have it. They did not think they were going to win. And then all of a sudden it got so close and the mood in that room changed. And all of a sudden this is the place to watch in Vancouver, as was Kennedy Stewart's place. So it was it was a really exciting night. Our news director, Les Staff, joins me now for the first time on the podcast. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I think a lot of people don't realize the resources that go into an election special like this, both in terms of pre-planning and the day of. And when you look at voter turnout for municipal elections, some people may say, why spend the money in a newsroom where budgets are already so tight? Why throw so much money into an election that people may not actually watch or even care about? Um, Good question. I think that CTV Vancouver is more than just providing relevant, timely information that people are looking for in our community. CTV News Vancouver is also of service to this community. This is going to sound a little trite, but it is the way we kind of look at it. We call it broccoli news, news that's good for you. And elections, specifically municipal elections, are often broccoli news. There may not be as much interest as there is coverage, but the coverage is meant to serve the community. The coverage is meant to inform the community. And it's interesting that in this day and age, interest around elections is growing. While voter turnout may not be growing, and that's a whole new other discussion, interest around elections is uh, unbelievable. I mean, you look at the recent midterm elections in the United States, there's more Canadians interested in a midterm election in the United States than uh, have been interested in any election in the United States in probably the history of covering elections. So, no, I think the I think the reason why we decided to get in as significantly as we did, because we have a, a promise by our license and also by our journalism to serve this community. And we also uh, know that that people are more interested than ever in who's going to represent them. And when it comes to municipal, I mean, there's there's no retail politics that's closer to your pocketbook, your house, your family, impact on your community than municipal politics. And I've often had this argument, actually, with people at dinner parties and stuff, non-journalists, because they do find the international politics, the U.S. politics, so much more interesting and sexy. And I say, okay, yeah, but, you know, Donald Trump and Angela Merkel don't have their hand in your wallet with your property taxes. If you're a small business person, these really are the issues. I mean, even think about it, just light posts on your walk home from work. These are the things and these are the people that affect you. And I really feel like this election, people connected with those issues a lot more, whether it was LR in Surrey uh, or issues in Vancouver with uh, small businesses and split assessments. There were just so many things for people to actually connect with that they realize they do impact them on a daily basis. Absolutely. I mean, you just look at what's happened with property taxes 
in this community. And property taxes are linked to property values, but they're not, they don't go up at the same time. So although we've had these dramatic increases in property values, property taxes uh, aren't directly linked to that, but they've gone up significantly. In my case, I'm a homeowner, my property tax has almost doubled in the last 10 years. If my income tax had doubled in the last 10 years, I would be very specifically interested in how federal and provincial politicians are taking tax off of me. But yet when it comes to property taxes, people just kind of lump it in with their mortgage or it's part of their rent and they don't really give that much consideration. But you know, uh, property taxes is a massive expenditure for many, many lower mainland families. And the people who are deciding how that money gets used were all elected just a few weeks ago. The fact that this election took place on a Saturday, uh, the results coming in on a Saturday night when people often had better things to do with a hockey game on. I think a lot of people were really surprised by the type of viewership that we had. Were you surprised to see that there were hundreds of thousands of people tuning in on a on a Saturday night to see what was going on in their community like this? I would like to say I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> My job is to be able to predict what audiences are looking for as far as news coverage. But I'll be honest with you, Penny, I, we did a show out of service and we put as much resource as we thought we needed to into doing a show that we thought would serve this community. Uh, we also had a bit of a strategy that we were going to go on at 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and we were just going to keep going. And we literally kept going for many. We were on until, what, 12.35 in the morning. Uh, and, you know, I can now look at the ratings and half hour by half hour by half hour, more people started joining and more people started watching. And then at one point, one out of every two televisions that was on in this community was watching CTV's coverage of the election at about 10.30 in the evening after the hockey game was over. So people were clamoring for that kind of coverage. They wanted to see. And here's the thing about elections. Results, remotes, and analysis. Those are the things that we are responsible to bring to the table. Results, obviously. What are the numbers? Who's winning? What's the horse race? Remotes, how is this being, how are people reacting to these results in, in the community? And then analysis. What does this vote mean? What will it mean for me as a taxpayer in Surrey or in, in North Vancouver or in Richmond? And, and trying to bring some of that analysis to it. And, and I think that when we strike a, a strong balance, but the first thing being results, who's winning? If you can answer that question when people pick up that remote control in the first 10 seconds that they arrive on your on your show, you've got a winner. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. I'd also like to thank Ethan, Shannon, Nafisa, and Sinjin for their thoughts, and Gerald Christensen for his help with archival audio this week. And thank you for joining us on BTS with CTV. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast? Email me, bts at ctv.ca. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe for more insights, tidbits, and the stories behind the stories. I'm Penny Daflos.